In the famous words of the esteemed poet Jacoby Shaddix of Father Rocher, Cut my life to pieces. This is my last resort. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the guy who is still too cool, read and secure, to acknowledge badgers from, bangers from the aughts, Kevin Greck, and the guy who operates the confessional dashboard, Alex Plum. Was there a debate that I missed out on? Apparently. Uh, I, you know, I'm just too cool for Papa Roach, I think is what I was trying to convey with that. There it is. But then also, you know, give everyone a little indication that like, oh, it's probably just insecurities that he has. You yeah, know, he gets it because he gets you it. You should take he some did. time to explain like them. Your, your thoughts on how culture stopped when we were in college. People would Except for, I think that. that that is true. That's really good and, summer and fodder. segue into your, your takes on Jay Billis and how he's the mm-hmm. greatest. Yep. Zero percent boomer, Jay Billis. Zero percent. You know. You're joking about this, but I've literally just gotten into, um, I've rediscovered old episodes of Car Talk on NPR, and I listened to them. And today I was on a little jog, and I listened to a 1995 episode about a woman's Toyota and its brakes. Did you not listen to Car Talk when you were younger? I loved how even in the, like, 2012s they would still only take calls about like yeah. 80s and 90s cars yes. that was yes. my favorite part of yes. the Taffer brothers and the, like, 100% they're never going to take a car that. about like and the, and the call about like a 2009 Buick that just, right. was not on there yes exactly and it made this me think exactly maybe it's it. not real yeah but yeah no Tapper Brothers. Uh, I didn't listen to Car Talk but I did do You Bet Your Garden which was a WHYY uh uh, a call-in show about gardening and ah. same premise, right? Like, except yeah. it's, and it's fantastic. And I lived in the city that, yeah. that had explains, no garden. Had, had that explains why wasn't, no one cares. It explains why Plum and I still yeah. live in Michigan. We're like red-blooded Americans and you mm-hmm. have your little sissy garden out in the, in the East Coast. Mm. That explains everything. That's exactly it. Wow. You really named it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're losing wow, cool. listeners already. Cool. Already. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, we're going to thank everyone for listening to all of that. And truly, this is us. <laughs> this is better than what we're about ready to do. Uh, so we're going to thank you for listening uh, and ask the small favor to please share the pod and YouTube channel with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SpartanUrscorePod. You can also find us on YouTube at SpartanUrscorePod if you decide you want to see this for some reason. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, this week we're of course going to start behind the green wall where football would ordinarily lead, but Jonathan Mm. Smith said, I don't want anything to do with this week. Uh, (laughs) we're going to, we're going to chat some basketball, some hockey, some gymnastics before we head off grand river to, uh, discuss the wider world of collegiate sports and its changing landscape before we preview Purdue and take your Twitter questions. Okay. I think as we head behind the green wall, we should acknowledge last week we made a mistake. We published mm-hmm. an episode entitled It's a Great Week to Be a Spartan or something to that effect. So we disavow that episode, right? Just <laughs> staunchly disavowed. 
it should have just been in past tense because this was. I don't know the last time I've been this upset. Mm. I don't know the last time I've been uh, this angry about sports. Is it upset or is it disappointed, Michael? Mm. Wow. No, that's it. That's mm. the question. We're in a if if men's basketball was a son of mine, we're in a get out of the house situation. Mm. Like, wow. uh oh, there it is. Just Kick go to out. your grandparents, or I don't care where you go. One I don't of those situations. That's more of it. But you can't stay here. Um. So we've got two games to talk about, two losses at home to talk about against teams that, if they're lucky, are <clears> in the NIT. <throat> uh, we also apparently mm-hmm. have trauma of your youth that we have to talk about and work yeah, that's over the course of this podcast. But Blake can do no wrong. He's fine. Uh, but let's start with the Iowa game. And I think it's fair... I think in my mind, the story of this week splits in two parts. The Iowa game is on the players. The Ohio State game is on the coaches. Um, mm. But let's let's start with the first one. Yeah. Uh, Iowa takes, uh, I don't know, can you say it's a, was it a good game? I don't know. Uh, uh, for them? Yeah. Yeah. I had a great game. There's no doubt that they played a good game, if that's what you're asking. And had fun to boot, uh, I believe. Yeah. MSU loses 71 78 in a game that um, at times they flirted with being in contention for, but Iowa never let it get there. Um, does anyone have any initial thoughts about this game? I, I certainly have plenty, but I don't want to just get angry. Yeah, I mean, this one, (laughs) this is what happens when Tyson Walker is not being Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins stops hitting those, you know, shots that we were kind of starting to to think like, oh, maybe he's figured it out. Maybe he's put it together. And it's apparently a very losable game at home to a mediocre Big Ten opponent that now all of a sudden is starting to become a habit, I guess, whether you yeah. want to blame it on the, on the uh, players or on the coaches. Um, this one, I, it's nice of you. I think it was very generous of you to say that MSU flirted with getting into it. I didn't think there was even a moment in the second half where I thought they were going to win this game. Um, or even get close to winning the game. So this was just like full Iowa came in. It reminded me of like a mini version of the Wisconsin game that Jonesy, you and I went to at Breslin center where it, it just was not competitive almost in the second half. Every time MSU got some form of momentum, Iowa answered and answered convincingly. So well, I didn't think it was possible when I did the preview last week that this program, this team was going to lose both of these games. And now here we are. Paul, what do you think? Well, it is, uh, it shouldn't be surprising. Um, they, 
I don't even know where to begin. We could just start with the rotation, I guess. Um, this is a, it's on the players to an extent. It always is. They've got to win the games, especially when they're at home. But a lot of this is coaching. And this is another example, I think, of Izzo really, um, I don't know. Is this whole storyline just jumping the shark? Like, or what are we, where are we at now? Is he done? Are we done? I, I don't know where to even begin. Is this idea that we, that we trust him through, you know, December, January, and February, and he gets us into March. And that's just looking less and less plausible when you're leaving. I mean, my God, the Ohio state alone, inconceivably bad, uh, 17, uh, road game loss streak, uh, without their head coach, summarily fired without their best player injured. And we were up 12, I think, at some points in this game and then just collapsed for a reason. And I even I like at one point I was like, oh, my God, we could lose this game. And then I was like, I mean, that's just stupid. So I don't I don't really know. I mean, I we can point at the rotations for sure. Um, even John well, Bayline came out and said too many bigs, too many big, too many bigs, too many bad bigs. Let's start there. Too many bigs, and they're all bad. It's a Dr. Seuss story. We saw how many bad bigs. How many <laughs> bad bigs big up the bad game? Bigly. We, we saw the double big lineup come back out against Iowa. Um, you know, I, to me, Michigan State goes 10 for 20 from the three-point line, which normally you'd say, great. Great. But the reality is in the Iowa game, we missed eight layups. Went seven for 14 from the line. But to me, it, the seven for 14 is, is certainly, you know, if we go 100% from the line, ties us the game. But it's the eight layups that... And Robbie Hummel in the, in the broadcast talked about, you know, because in the first half, Malik absent. AJ absent. AJ yeah. ended up playing a, a pretty decent second half, but yeah, asked why. You know, why does it? Why does it always take a? What is this? What what's with the seniors yeah. and why it takes this long for them to get why going? Is it that they and, need to go down fifteen points before yeah. they can turn it on or before they care at all. Before they care, and, and that's what I mean about you know the when I say this one's on the players because you know certainly. Uh, in Iowa, Xavier Booker had two first half. Um, you know, we're going to talk Booker plenty later on, but I think a lot of the the discourse around Booker really started to heat back up again because he had two successful stints in the first half. Didn't see the court in the second half. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's some things you might be able to point to, but the reality is it's eight missed layups. It's Malik Hall not getting to his spots. It's AJ Hogard not getting downhill, not making buckets you should make. As a fifth-year or fourth-year player. Well, and against Ohio State, you had Jay Nakins strip the ball, stole the ball three times, each time on fast-break opportunities, failed to get the easy layup. Failed. Blocked once. Once it was, like, in and out the rim. I don't know what the, the third time it was. Uh, it, uh, what the fuck are you doing, my guy? If you can't solidly get yourself into the lane and just put the ball into the— then, then don't. Then stop. Then don't drive the paint. Just back out, hold the ball, distribute it. Take a three. Take Do anything. Do anything. Anything but that. You know, 
your dog pisses on the carpet once, maybe maybe you give the dog a little bit of a no, no, no. Mm-hmm. The dog pisses on the carpet a second time. You have to, you've got to, you've got to drink bleach because what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And the third time, that's, that's I guess. That's a normal escalation. That's a normal escalation. I don't know what you do the third time. I guess. Well, it's a taxidermy. Nuclear war. It's a taxidermy dog. So I guess we're wondering. Well, like, by that point, the dog pissing. is totally gone. But you can taxidermy yourself. <laughs> You know, and that's my point here. I don't know what we're doing, but it, none of it's working. And fucking around with the rotation this late in the season is is exactly what we did last year to not any positive effect. I am so tired of looking at Malik Hall's dead behind the eyes, listless lifelessness. I do not care for him. I cannot stand the thought of A.J. Hogard, who, in the fullness of time, history will affirm is in fact this program's worst point guard there is no denying that and i defy anyone to to point to a point guard that has been less productive than aj hogard on any number of Tom might raise his hand and be like me no 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 because you know what tum tum could do that aj apparently can't he could inspire he could inspire his teammates we had another yeah, and, point guard that turned out to be a murderer. Still better. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. The thing is, you you look at the Iowa box score, right? And 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 you would say Tyson sixteen, Malik sixteen. Malik had a double double, sixteen ten, right? AJ fifteen points. And and you would reasonably think they played well, but they didn't. It was they did terrible. Yep. And and. and it's also alarming that Iowa, which has, by defensive efficiency measures, the worst defense in the Big Ten, was able yeah. to stymie the MSU offense. It, there's just there was no flow, couldn't get in the lane. It sucked. Yep. Yeah, and bullied them. Had a uh, yeah. had a rebound advantage at home. Just brutal. Just. Brutal. Or um, Iowa had a rebound advantage at Breslin Center is what I'm trying to say. This is these two losses, man, are some of this is some of the worst that I can remember. Yeah. Um, Do you want to focus on the Wisconsin loss or the uh, Ohio State? The Ohio State loss? Because I think that's what that's the one that's fresh, you know? Yeah, that's the sure. one that's just like it's the seething, gaping, open wound. Yeah, I, I will just say one of the. It will. Fine. I want to talk about the players, though, and the cultural thing. I want to circle back to players and culture at some point. We'll in time come because, around. We'll come around. Uh, the one other thing, uh, Sheehan had Hummel on his podcast um, after uh, after the Iowa loss. Um. Thanks, Sheehan, for big timing the rest of us. But the Hummel was asked about like what it, what's going on with MSU, and and the, he made a comment about how when he played that they only did two things during practice leading up to Michigan State. Two things: they rebounded and transitioned D, because Corey Lucius was going to be. Or, 
he said Corey or Kalen doesn't matter. Uh, but they were going to be running the ball down your throat off of anything makes misses. And it feels like to me, I, I don't know if you all noticed this, that we've had years now where people are unsure who's supposed to inbound the ball. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, it is wild at me to see AJ just standing there. Yeah. Like waiting for somebody to come back to pick up the ball that's just sort of idly bouncing on the ground. Yep. I, sure. It, to me, that is a bit of a coaching thing too. Like, how are people not on the? No, you're. And job. I know yeah. you want to blame the coaches for the second game, but we did. We did actually see in the first half of the Ohio State game what a vintage MSU offense is supposed to look like. Yeah. Brad Nessler and Jay Wright were like, what, what is this? They're pushing the ball so hard. You know, back when this team was up 15 points on Ohio state in the first half and the game was worth was playing fun. and life was worth living. It was fun. It was fun. And we can get back to that at some point. I'm sure we'll talk about Xavier Booker playing during that time and not playing in the second half. But when it came to winning time down the stretch, when it came time to actually securing this win, a, a very winnable game against a Plum, as you pointed out, interim head coach who, you know, is up against a Hall of Famer in the last eight minutes. And this is borrowed from someone from the Internet. Uh, Walker, three points, one rebound, zero assists, one for two from the floor, one for six from the floor. Hall, one for one from the floor, two points. Akins, 0 for two. Hogard, 0 for one. Madi, who was on the floor, zero for zero. Oh, when it was on the line, these guys fumbled the ball and there's just no grit. There's no want. They tensed up too much. In the press conference, Izzo's talking about like, oh, Madi was out there because, you know, Xavier Booker couldn't, couldn't guard the ball screens like it didn't matter the whole team tensed up way too much lost their identity and lost the game okay listeners go on to youtube and look at the look at the 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 look that i just got shot yeah he got quite a mike jones quite a no no no, it's not it's not you It, it, it wasn't you it was you it was you saying something that tom Izzo said because he's mm. the one that I'm like, you're a fucking moron. Like, I, I won't... Th- this... Xavier Booker... Here's the thing. People will rightly point out that plus minus is uh, as, a, as a measure is a flawed stat. Because it's correct. You know, so dependent upon who else you were out there with. But when one person on the team has a positive and everyone else sits in the negative... It'd be fair to ask, well, it sure seems like they made a difference in the game. When that person plays 17 of 25 minutes and you are maintaining a lead and scoring points, it seems like they make a difference. The idea that somehow Madi on ball screens was a difference maker is insane to me, particularly when Ohio State's own coach said, you taking Xavier Booker out of the game made it easier for us in the first three minutes, Xavier Booker blocked two shots and then disrupted at least a third. Graham couch told us uh, today on his podcast that he overheard 
uh, AJ and uh, and Tyson talking after you, you remember there was a time uh, Jaden Nickens went up for a, a layup and the ball was stripped away and yeah. Xavier Booker like caught it right it, and then immediately put it back up something that none of the other bigs could do and that he overheard them talking about see we've been like something effective we've been seeing like we've been seeing this that like what a difference Xavier Booker makes. The fact that at earlier points of the game, they were able to score and get penetration because you had a big man who could st- spread the floor matters. So this this nonsense about ball screens, when, at like, did he have defensive lapses? For sure. Yeah. Did he also do things that none of the other bigs can do, which is to say, score, spread the floor, dribble, and block shots? Yeah, he did all of those things too. Like, I don't know what Tom Izzo is watching, but it is, he is easily, I trust Biden to give a speech more at this point in time than I trust Tom Izzo to see what Xavier Booker contributed in that game. Wow. Got him. Wow. Seething critique. (laughs) Seething critique. Plum, what do you think? Um... No, I don't disagree with anything you said, Mike. I, uh... If you have, if you have Booker out there, which we all agree he should have been, at least some know, of it. Not he doesn't have to be all of it. Fine, mm-hmm. even some of it. I mean, some of those. Yeah, you'll get some points. You probably do win the game. But for me, it doesn't change. It doesn't change everything because at the end of the day, you still have a senior, senior captain, and senior starters on this team who are just. Empty, empty bags of skin with bone and muscle in them, but no heart. It's like the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz. Mmm, mmm. Oh no, that's the and, and also lion. the Cowardly Lion. Yeah, I think Same. it's the Cowardly Lion. Both. Yep. We can both do really, both. Yeah, no brain, no heart. I'm not going to take this metaphor any further, other than to say there's no leadership. But I guess that's the point. Maybe you're making there's no leadership. On the bench, there's no leadership in the practice room. There's no leadership in the locker room. There's no leadership on the court among any of the five active players at any single time. Izzo needs to fire all of his assistants. They're not contributing anything, whether in player development, rotation management, or any of the other things that one might expect an assistant coach at the NCAA Big Ten Division I level would do. This is a rotten program, and I just think it's a sad way for Tom Izzo's career to end. I don't care if they make the tournament. It's not going to be pleasant to watch. Hell, watching the Big Ten tournament is going to be painful. Um, this program, they're just not, I, that, I don't think they care. I, I just don't think they care. I don't think they care. And I think well, that actually extends to Tom Izzo to some amount. I think there's a degree to which he wanted to spite everyone and just have Madi out there at the end of the game instead of Xavier Booker, just to prove like, actually I've been right all along. Thank you very much. We need this in order to win. Yeah. Tom, you didn't win. You didn't win. Uh, getting back to your plus minus, uh, Jonesy, um, dear friend, and um, hero to us all, uh, Andy H on Twitter, um, has a 
plus minus by lineup. Remember at the beginning of the year is I was going to talk more about looking, monitoring the advanced statistics uh, per lineup. That was something that he said. Um, and if you put just the, the four starters out there, Akins, Walker, Hogard, and Hall, and you just switch up Xavier Booker and Madi Sissoko, the plus minus on those two lineups, the four starters mm. in Sissoko, minus six. The four starters in Xavier Booker, plus five. 11-point differential. Crazy. And that's not even counting the other lineups that Izzo trotted out there where it's like, truly who scores the ball right now? <laughs> like, th- not even like guys willing to take shots and miss them like Tyson Walker or Jaden Akins. Just like, truly who scores we- the ball right now? <laughs> When you put Carson Cooper and Mati Sissoko out there, all you've done is now you've made it so AJ can't score because he can't drive the lane because you've got two doofuses on the inside. Like, yep. if, if Malik's in the game at that point in time, he can't work the block because you've got right. two doofuses there on the inside. Like, doofuses. I don't know. <laughs> so, Plum, it, it, you talked about culture. So I want to do a little... Little, uh, little turn back the clock and, and head back in time for a second. Ah, very good. Um, because we've talked here on this podcast about uh, Milk Carton Gabe. Uh, yeah. Gabe Brown, where are you? So Gabe Brown, part of the 2018 recruiting class that included uh, Thomas Kithier, Foster Lawyer, Aaron Henry, and Marcus Bingham. Now, Aaron Henry, we could say a lot of nice things about, willed us to a, uh, to a tournament berth on a, on a team that felt way more bubbly than this team should feel. Indeed. So, you know, credit to Aaron Henry, but we all knew Aaron Henry also didn't have that sort of natural-born leader in him. Uh, he wasn't sort of the guy who was going to get into somebody. Um, Marcus Bingham... No, uh, Gabe Brown, no, Foster Lawyer didn't pan out. Thomas Kithier didn't pan out. So it's, that's this, this starts in 2018, 2019 rocket Watts, Malik Hall, Julius Marble. Two of those guys are gone and Malik Hall, nice young man, but is too busy being mopey after a loss instead of being pissed about it. I'd say this generally about the team. I'm angrier than he is. I'm going to keep going for a second. 2020. Mati Sissoko. AJ Hogard. Not getting any better. Nope. One of those people doesn't seem like maybe the best teammate in the world. And the other one seems like the nicest person in the world, but not a good basketball player. Then it's Max Christie, Pierre Brooks, Jay Nakins. Again, where's the leadership? Where's anybody that, that identifies with anything? And, and through this all, MSU has moved from a physically imposing team to uh, uh, live. Is that the word I'm looking for? <laughs> like we're getting smaller? And then 22, Carson Cooper, Jackson Kohler, and then maybe we've got somebody in Trey Holloman. 
But like Trey's not stepping up right now because he's not an upperclassman. He's not starting. And like, yeah. by the way, all indications point to, he's really looking forward to that role next year. Like, you know, it's, it's not just the talent issues. It's the, it's the personality issues. And, and it, and it seems that it started in 2018 to me. I will say it, it does seem like losing Jeremy fears was bigger than just losing someone that spells AJ at the point guard spot. It's also losing somebody that pushes AJ. It's someone that's a threat. It's someone that's on the floor, you know, pushing the culture of the program as we've known it as fans for our entire adult lives. It's, we didn't just lose a guy that comes off the bench and plays eight minutes a game. We lost potentially the heart of the program on the floor. And it would be nice if he could continue to provide that from the bench, but he's an 18 year old on a team with 22 year olds who are more interested in being at, you know, the tin can or at, at, whatever uh on any thursday or friday night and that's after that's fine. after a loss after a loss you know what that's fine right you know um so it, I, but is it because they're also professionals at this point in time yeah i think that like, is something that we need to talk about more often now it we it's all very well and good that on Twitter we have this nice little like, we're going to call them by their number if we're going to critique them. But d- dudes, as we understand it, are getting paid. They're not getting paid NBA max contract money, but they're getting paid well for regular but, people. Well, that's and that's I mean, this is the that this is ultimately what the problem is. It They don't. I mean, it's the same thing with the All-Star game, by the way. What was the score in the recent All-Star game? 600 to 544. <laughs> <laughs> called three fouls. It's not, this is not even but, real basketball. No, no, no. It's not even real basketball. It's because it, it used to matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone makes all the money. It's ending in college now. They make all the money. What's the point but in other winning? programs a, try. Some. Yeah. Some. So the, the, the difference is leadership. So maybe the other programs try, probably because their coaches are still breaking their feet off in their asses. Someone got to Tom Izzo. And told him he couldn't coach the way he's coached for 30 years. That that's the difference. He conflated or, getting caught on TV with must have with oh with, this with is with coaching. This is it. And I don't know what you do. I guess you can't ring that bell. And I don't know if it's partly COVID. I think it's that he's just, you know, he's getting older and he's probably slowing down. But the things that the energy that he would have had to fight this to actually push for this, it's gone and he ain't got it. And the team knows that and they're not asking for it and they desperately need it, but they need someone to kick their ass because they won't kick it themselves. And that's the ultimate sign of leadership failure. At least cash like knew how to kick ass. You had guys that could kick ass, either inspire it or threaten it or cajole it or do something. But it's it's a fucking train wreck right now, and it is sad. It's just sad to watch. It's also probably time to bring back up the criticism of the coaching staff that Tom's put together, the retreads from all over the country, the sycophants that yep. 
He's just being the, sent the out. Fired for cause. Yeah. Correct. He sent out. They didn't succeed. They came back again. The prodigal sons are all back. And it's a very kind of it, it, Tom's not being pushed. Tom's not. Yeah. There aren't external new ideas coming in. It's very in this way. It's yep. unescapable that this resembles D'Antonio in his last years. He's just surrounding himself with his people that he wants to be around. And he's not at all interested in new, fresh ideas, fresh blood, any of that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I guess I, the one thing I'll say is that I don't, I think unlike in football where we have a better sense of what assistant coaches do, we have a little less vis- visibility into what these coaches do. Sure. And the efficiency numbers suggest good things. Yeah, for once, we're like, a Ken Palm darling. Still up at 20 right now in the Ken Palm rankings. Right. So it, I, I guess to me, that's that's part of the exercise of going through the recruiting classes, right? Is that it, it's, a, it's a personality glitch. <clears throat> and to your yeah. point, like fears... Yes, like by every testimonial will be an incredible leader here. Trey Holloman, I I insist you can see it. That you can tell that that dude next year is not going to abide by bullshit. Like you can see the, the, because it doesn't have to be all of them. It just needs Mm -hmm. to be a few of them. Mm -hmm. And, And so you can see the page turning, but there is something broken I've made the Adderall joke about AJ too many times and, and, and like it's, it's not a good joke to begin with, but it's also not funny anymore because it feels a little too close to true. And, and to me at this point in time, if you're a starting big 10, he sent out the tweet when he wasn't on the short list for best point guard about like taking notes and there's zero that he's done this year that suggests he's del- there's zero. He, he clearly did in the off season. He's gotten worse yeah. since last year. Yep. Yeah. And, and to me, that's, that's practice related shit. Yep. So I don't know. Um, the it's, it's also a problem right now that just basketball wise going back from culture, it's a problem that Tyson Walker is clearly not Tyson Walker right now. The scoring yeah. injury is nagging. And he's just not nearly as efficient as he was. The The next problem, though, is that there's no one else to take those shots in crunch time. That's the point that I was trying to get at initially. This team folded in on itself and it didn't. It got too tight. It didn't have someone to bail them out because A.J. Hogard and Malik Hall don't have the nuts for it. Yep. So, you know, what we did see when Tyson was out sick. Which this kind of combines the two things. Trey started in his place and played his gourd out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shot the ball, drove the ball. Like, but to your point, that's not his role on this team. That's Tyson's role Correct. on this team, right? Like, yep. And, and there, there is an appropriate line between being like, I'm ready to lead, but it is not my job yet to lead. To lead. Yep. Um, yep. And so. You know, why would you why would you take Tyson out? But the or, here's 
because I'm not done with this shit, like other coaching things. No one could make a shot, right? No one. But at no, no point in time did they adjust their strategy to try and get the ball inside. Because you know who, who can shoot inside is Malik. But they didn't do anything to shift the offense in his favor. Mm. Like, they just kept shooting three after three, jump shot after jump shot. And I think, did Malik only have eight shots in this game? Mm. Nine. Nine shots. Five for nine. Five for nine. When the rest of your toys are broken, you had one player who was playing with some efficiency. And you didn't make a coaching adjustment. Yeah. Or, or you, you know what? You want to pin it on a player? Pin it on AJ then. That he didn't, he didn't call the right stuff out. That he didn't make the right passes. Like, I don't care. Blame it on well, somebody. that's what I'm saying. <clears throat> but at some point in time, Tom Izzo should have said in a timeout, hey, we're going to go to Malik. We're going to play through the block. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. can we move on from this? I mean, or yeah, do you I, just I don't, want to talk I, about the program overall? I think we did. Uh, I think we've talked about the program overall. I mean, there's really, what is else? What else is there to say? We've yeah. got Purdue next week. We have the week off more or less. So mm-hmm. what the team can circle jerk to, to watching themselves. Maybe Tyson just gets healthy. Obliterated at home. Mm-hmm. Maybe Tyson drinks some bleach. I don't fucking care. I mean, <laughs> come on. Who cares if he's healthy? I mean, this is the point. And I, this is, I think why I like watching us lose this week. This this team should be able to survive at home against both Iowa and Ohio State without a healthy Tyson Walker. You are not going far in March if you can't beat these guys at home with Tyson playing at what he was playing at twenty percent, twenty five percent less. Plum, you know, I like the point that you made about this team doesn't deserve to go to the tournament. I do wonder if what the program needs is to miss the tournament is just there it is. There goes the streak. It's gone. What are you going to do now? It reminds me a lot of remember in the like teens where the wings were clearly on the decline, but they still had that, that, yeah, that postseason streak. And then fans were always like, yeah, but we still got our postseason streak. Who cares that everyone else is winning cups and we're clearly on the wane. And you know what? It ended. It was rough for a while, but now things are going really well. Back you on know, the come up. Yep. They're back on the on the come up. And I do wonder if this is a crutch. If the tournament streak is just a crutch that is a debasing of the program and what it used to be. It used to be the Final Four streak. Now it's the t- tournament streak. Who yeah. knows? Maybe next it's going to be winning conference season streak. But these all just seem to be like crutches that we create that are kind of impressive, but they're not the standard that Tom Izzo, when we were in the Izzo, told us that the standard was for this program. Yep. You can't lose these games like this and still be playing at the standard that we were told that the standard of this program was. Yep. And the, frankly... The, you know, Jonesy, you're naming off all those dudes in the recruiting classes. You didn't name off their recruiting rankings. This is some of the best recruiting on paper that Tom Mizzo's ever done. And again, these guys are getting paid. So something is broken right now. 
with this team and hmm. and I, I think a bunch of things truly are broken right now with this team maybe they cr- you know they they manage to get their way into the tournament there's no reason to think now that this team gets to the second round and hopefully like maybe years next year it'll be better it feels like years now we've been talking about they're such nice boys I'm a little sick of like I'd prefer someone who's mean at this point in time. I, I don't think AJ Hogarth's a nice boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's right. He was accepted. He's he's both uh, not a nice boy and also not a killer. Yeah, it's like it's bizarre. He's, he's just like a salty, he's an 80s sassy. Villain. He's like a self entitled little brat. I don't know. That's so personal, but I like and obviously don't know who he is. I, uh, well, remember cool. how we went at Pierre Brooks earlier this year? And it was just like... And look who's having himself a season, by the way. Much better oh, season. Oh, by the Probably way. Probably would like to have Pierre Brooks on this team, as it turns mm-hmm. out. Interesting. But, so, uh, can we talk about Book as and his... Um, there was a lot of fretting heading into the Iowa game about, like, yeah. is he going to stay? Why isn't he playing? Yeah, uh, and then particularly after the Iowa game that ramped up and then was caught at practice. And it's all good. And then was asked after the Ohio State game about his playing time and did he think he was going to come back into the game? And he said, I, I did. I was a little surprised. <laughs> Which, I was a little <laughs> because surprised. I played well, uh, but also seemed to reiterate that he has trust and faith in um in the staff it does seem like a all the reporting suggests that he acknowledged his shortcomings earlier in the season and we were on record by the way we talked routinely earlier in the year that he wasn't ready to play it was very clear yep i just don't know that you can look at what's happening now and suggest that he doesn't have contributions to make um well he can't guard the ball screens michael and tom would rather lose Guarding the ball screens. Yep, guarding the ball screens. And really only kind of guarding the ball screens, because let's be clear. Yeah, because at the same time, as well as you guarded them, you lost points. So A better podcast. I I wanted to go back and watch the first half of that game and just see how many possessions Ohio State ran ball screens. I didn't, because I didn't want to know a little bit, too. Yeah. I just didn't want to know. I didn't want to see it. When you find out the answer was four, and you're like, God <laughs> damn it. Fuck. Um, all right. <sighs> I'm still angry. I thought I was going to feel better after right, a conversation. Let's get the it, we got to ramp. We got to yeah. ramp up. We got to get out of this. So angry. We can't let Tom Izzo keep us down, this you guys. is my favorite sport. <laughs> yeah. And it is brutal. He makes it like hard the, to love him. The Ken Palm yeah, COVID year it. national championship only takes you yeah. so far. It, it has so been like a really brutal yeah. four-year stretch. You made a comment about um, <laughs> about Izzo leaving Madi in as a, uh, like a, uh, see, I did it my way, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a little bit more basic than that. Hmm. If it's a, fuck you, I can do it however I want and you can't stop me. Hmm. Like, I don't know if I ascribe that to Tom. I think he, I think he's addled. I think he's just given up. 
I don't think he cares. And uh, I think he's, he's recruiting like he it, cares, though. Yeah, well, because but but he's not coaching like he cares. And he certainly isn't defending the program when he gets in front of the microphones and the cameras like he cares. He drops up the same motherfucking excuse every goddamn week. I can't what are you gonna blame the players, but you can't blame the players. It's a stupid shtick of folksy performativism where he's not taking any accountability whatsoever for the ass decisions he continues to make. Yeah. Yep. Coach, coach, if you if you care, coach like you fucking care. Coach like you know how to coach. And I appreciate that the media members have been asking around it, but like and and, and there's not value in pissing Tom off in the middle of a press conference. What are you going to get sure. out of it? Right. Nothing. Like yeah. your job is to, to get things from him, but I'm, I'm more curious about his Tuesday press conference at this point in time that yeah. he's had time to digest some film. And does he own that? He clearly wasn't watching the same game that literally everybody else, including their coach watched yeah he will (sighs) should we talk about hockey hockey they split with the osu they lost to ohio state does it sound familiar did did was that an imminently winnable game against the worst team in the league did their coach literally game on the road just think that's also true in public by fucking (laughs) useless dead ad yuck I hate it here. <laughs> but gymnastics. Well, but before we move on, they still have the opportunity to go on the road to Wisconsin and secure the regular season Big Ten championship. And they uh, are BTN going Plus. to the NCAA tournament. So. Yeah, the, uh, the conference team. Still better than the cock. Is it? It's Is not, it? Yes. Marginally even, but yes, it is. Is it? No, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Gymnastics. Back to back Big Ten champs. Uh, gymnastics Bob. We're Gymnastics Honestly. Bob, baby. What's that coach's name? Dude. Mike Rowe. Guy. Can't him. Dirty Jobs. I don't I'm know. Sorry. Dirty Jobs. Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. Mike Oh, really? Oh, you got there? That's how? The name is actually Mike Rowe? Yeah, the name's Mike Rowe. I, I knew that, oh, but job. then I tied it back. And that's, but that's how too. you got there. Yeah, well done you. All right, well, Mike Rowe, if you've got a minute, stop over at the uh, Tom Izzo football building uh, where Tom Izzo has a basketball office. And uh, I don't know if that's true. And uh, I'd like to believe he has a second office. I would too, in the building named after him. And ask him if, if, if he needs any help. Just maybe offer him some tips on what it means to coach anybody, women, men. You really, what you're doing is you're coaching champions. And Tom hasn't coached champions in the better part of a decade. So maybe this is your opportunity, Tom, to take a fucking lesson from a guy who knows what the hell he's doing. And actually get Jeff Hostler, the women's soccer coach involved too here. We have, we have champion coaches. Tom hasn't won a national championship in longer than a lot of our listeners have been alive. Let's square that for them real fast. Goo. So, uh, boo. Or even Robin Freilich, who's maximizing a roster yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I think what Plum's saying is that he's this podcast Hondo, and he thinks that Tom Izzo should be replaced by Mike Rowe, the women's gymnastics coach. No, because I think coaches are fungible assets, and that's you should right. just Jeff where Jeff, they belong. If, wherever they go, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. You if can you can dodge coach. a ball, <laughs> doesn't matter. That's yeah. right. You got it. You guys are smart. You guys, you always are able to draw these connections quickly. But you know what? We should say in in sincerity because I, I feel like we took some 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 shine off of it. It's a huge accomplishment by MSU gymnastics. Uh, mm-hmm. That is number eight in the and country. Back to back anything? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and that used and to be to back. the standard in basketball, um, and it is no longer. Um, Alas, I feel like there was something else that happened, but it doesn't really matter. It'll come back. It was uh, also painful. How are we to remember? All right, Mike, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Where are you going to be next Monday night? Mm, where am I going to be You got next the whole Monday? planet. The world you is the whole, your oyster. The world is your oyster. You could fly to Timbuktu if you wanted. Well. Could you? I think. I think I'm going to be in Clear Lake. Whoa. I'm going to be at Mama's, Mama's Merc and Eatery. Wow on Clear Lake Road, and I might find a couple of my dear friends there. Mm, like, uh, who? who? Whom? Whomstist, Michael? Whomstist amongst us. Uh, I think I think uh, Grooch is going to... He's going to decide if he's going to take... What's that road that comes down? Or 127? He's going to decide. One of the two. He's going to take the country Grass road. Grass Lake Boulevard, you're thinking. <laughs> That's right. It, the, the old GLB. The old GLB. <laughs> He'll take the Grass Lake Boulevard right on down. And uh Plum's going to come over from Ypsilanti. Uh, we're going to have some yes, food. Yes, there really is an Ypsilanti. The Mama's Merc, uh, which has now undergone a full name change. Uh, alcohol on the menu. We're going to discover the menu. what that alcohol is. Um, can't wait. Boone's Farm. Boone's Farm. Co- we wine should bring coolers. some Boone's Farm and be like, is it BYO if it's Boone's Farm? If it's uh, Boone's Farm. And uh, and yeah, we're we're looking forward to to having some some food and drink uh, at the Clear Lake Grill, uh, formerly known as Clear Lake Grill, now Mama's Market Eatery. Uh, if listeners want to stop by Mama's Merc and Eatery at some point, uh, mention Can't Read, Can't Write for 15% off of your bill. Uh, truly, it's pretty good food. Check it out. Um, mm-hmm. and, so money, you could even watch us eat from across the restaurant, but you have to sit at your own table quietly. Don't talk to us. We're very famous and <laughs> no eye contact. Important. No eye contact, please. Yeah, Respect you sit our privacy. On your hands, please, or keep them where we can see them <laughs> for our safety. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, need to shout out uh, our dear friend, listener Mike Jones. Mm. I have today the Flying A Cinnamon. Because oh, I made a commitment to our listenership that I was going to have some flying ace this week, didn't I? And yet here yeah. I am with an M forty three, the beer of my people. Don't um, worry, we'll wait. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. We'll wait. Nope, we'll wait. Plum, I failed our listenership. I failed us. No, 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 Plum, Plum and I can can vamp 
Uh, you can go ahead and get some. That's right. We'll do this next week. We'll do this next week. I didn't Tell say well, I want to say. I want to. Oh, scat, 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 scat on my chest. Chat, nope, test, nope. get scat, scat. Nope. Too much. Hope on you can edit chest, that out. Did you say? I didn't say that. I don't know what you think you heard, but you are filthy and foul. Listen. This is only the third Cleveland Steamer reference in podcast history. So continue. <laughs> Uh, as you take a pull of that, I, dear listener, can't drink. You can probably hear it in my voice. I've got uh, the, the real, the Tombra. It's probably the left, the vestigials of a <laughs> influenza A infection. So hoop de doo But while I get better and I wheeze less in the future, we hope, I want to acknowledge listener Mike Jones, who dropped off a box of cordials. Let's say cordials, <laughs> a box of cordials. Let's call them spirits. Spirits for your discerning palate. <laughs> From a cordial and spirited friend, listener Mike Jones. He even said hello to Yali. She was outside behind the gate when he uh, when he dropped off. Sent me a picture of her. And well, I listeners asked, will be glad to know Yali still alive, not been fed bleach yet. Nor, so nor only kicked. one urination mm. on the rug so only far for Yali is what we know. For y'all, for y'all girl. Uh, and I was like, did she, we're just interested, did she bark when you walked up the driveway and she's just staring at you? And he's like, yeah, nope, didn't bark at all. She's She barks exclusively when someone rings the doorbell. That's it. Unfortunately, that that's just not how most uh, home intruders uh Dane operator. Yeah. The home. And I can tell you modus operandi of most yes, the doorbell. Taking this opportunity to give this information to whomever may listen That's on the point. internet. Yeah. This, I think well, really just sharp. I, I don't I don't know <laughs> what the difference is going to be. Again, whether or not they're known to me or aren't known to me. <laughs> No one is going to try to gain surreptitious access to my home by the doorbell. So anyway, write address down and show it for the YouTube channel just so people. I will. I will. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to do that. Yep. It's. uh, uh, All right. Uh, Disappointing. I'm I'm seeing the timestamp here. Let's let's head off Grand River Um, because we have have a few things to chat about. Uh, First. Sort of of local interest. Huh. UMass is headed to the MAC. Mm. Finally, Odd. This is the conference realignment that we're all here for. That they're lining up for. Uh, there's nothing about this that makes sense to me. No. I guess it's what you got to do. Yeah. Where were they at? What conference? In UMass? Were they independent? Were they- or AAC USA, or something? It? Oh, Conference USA. That might be right. Colonial? Oh, the Colonial Doesn't Conference? Matter. I don't know. I just... Massachusetts. Oh, no, right. they... Previously independent football. Yeah, they were previously oh, independent. Oh, I was right. Okay. Oh, no. Or maybe they were Athletic 10. Uh, no one knows. Nope. Yep. Wow. It's lost really to history. Good podcast. <clears throat> well, I mean, Next. USA Today says independent and uh, Mass Live says A10. So... Good luck. Maybe it depends on what sport that sometimes happens. They both mm-hmm. refer to them football, so I hate it. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's uh, uh, let's keep going here. Um, we're going to get the two other news pieces, sort of uh, three news pieces out of the way here. Um, 
signing periods for football seem to be likely changing, uh, moving up for early signing period to December 10th and adding a summer signing period as a possibility, which in theory, hopefully limits some of the chaos or at least gives new hire coaches a bit. Well, actually, mm. the earlier sign moving it up doesn't help them. Doesn't matter. It's not great. I don't like yeah. any of this. The early signing okay. period's a shitty situation. Um, and BT Jordan's going to Ohio State. Uh, we remember an him. Analyst. Yep. Defensive specialist, coaching analyst. Yeah. Definitely not recruiting. Just general guy. <laughs> just around the place. Doing things. I mean, we don't really know anything about this situation, right? It's just speculation that if you're going and from the NFL back to college at this point, you generally bad. accepted that that is not an upgrade, especially for a for a role like this. Generalist Correct. assistant to the regional coach at Ohio That's State. Um, yeah. I don't know how things are going with his little like you know his camps that he still runs but uh, like i don't like it i don't we like check it in with his camp about his camps we should do mm. that we should mm-hmm. do that yeah uh college playoff committee uh looks like uh, we've got some changing happening on the model yeah. instead of it being mm. a six and six with the five power fives and plus the highest ranked group of five conference champion uh, and six at-large bids, it's going to be five. Uh, that is to say the power four, because the Pac-12 is dead. Uh, oh. And then one group of five champions. I can't believe you would say that, Michael. I can't believe you would say that about a, a conference. It's painful. Sorry. I'm sorry to Jonathan Smith and your alma mater. I really am sorry. Um, so of note, um, this probably favors the Big Ten more. Uh, yeah, because that's an opportunity for an additional team to get in. Um, court uh, storming uh, is next on our list. Okay. Um, so, all right, Greg, let's talk about this. So, for those that aren't aware, this week, uh, the the Deacons of Wake Forest doth defeated the Devils of Duke Blue, and in and in so doing, rushed to the court. Actually, they didn't even wait for the buzzer to go off. The, the fans were already pouring onto the court before the game was even over. So there's a hefty fine coming your way, uh, Wake Forest. Enjoy. Um, but in all of this, uh, some of the Wake Forest faithful did run into one of Duke's better players. One... They Kyle Flipkowski. You know, flip, 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 <laughs> and we can see walking across the grassy lawn that from the top of, view that 
The Zapruder angle. Kyle just sort of decided he was going to walk his own way, which I guess you yeah. can make the argument. He's allowed to do. He's supposed to Under be on the hardwood. It. Sure. And certain members of the student section kind of ran past him and threw him. And he kind of like initiated contact or certainly didn't avoid contact <clears throat> and uh, twisted his little ankle. Or knee, um, And it, then a lot of people got upset baby. about this. Yeah. Um, and then you add this with the Caitlin Clark thing with Ohio State when all four Who of the students also, at Ohio State uh, 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 didn't seem to avoid contact. Again, also. Um, and they both have uh, injuries. Now, there's been a lot of discussion this week as a result of this, um, where I think we can, as a podcast, acknowledge that it is true that if in college basketball... Storming the court was not already a, you know, a, a thing that's done, a tradition. It's, it would probably be really hard to start up, you know, it's hard to justify a court storming. It's a bunch of people rushing onto a surface where they don't belong. It's not done in any other sport. And if it was invented today, it would get shut down immediately. But the fact of the matter is court storming has happened for decades in college basketball and now student athletes in the NBA in 1988 by the way so there you go it's happened in basketball generally and there's a lot of talking heads saying now is the time to shut it down forever draw a hard line including Jay Billis who can we just add real quick one of the most storied plays in all of college football is mm. Cal UC, or, I'm sorry, Stanford UCLA, right? Or Stanford Cal, right. sorry. Yeah, where the band is on the, the field. band is on the field. Like, yeah. Th- it's, this has so, gone on for a long time. Sorry. Right. Um, and a lot of the talking heads, particularly the boomery talking heads and the ones that are less fun that seem to be most interested in taking joy out of uh, the game and life <laughs> generally. Um, sorry, Jay. Truly, I'm sure he's not a vampire. Enjoy. <laughs> he does kind of have that look about him. I, I've always truly affect. liked Jay Billis. I like watching games that he commentates. I wish that we were almost. I almost wish that we were on ESPN so we'd have more of them, but we just don't anymore. But this week he was like, "It shouldn't exist. This shouldn't be allowed to happen." And the the fix for this is to actually just arrest everyone that goes on the court, which I thought was like just the boomeriest take of all boomer takes. <laughs> so I I'm of two minds on this one. It is true that the fans don't belong there. It is an athletic event and it is dangerous. But the other side is like. It's the core of the game. It's it makes it fun. It's like congeniality. It's students it's excitement. It's, you know, joy. it's, it's joy. It's David beating Goliath. <clears throat> it doesn't just happen in college. It also happens in high school. No one's talking about banning it in high school. Mm. Now I know that the, we just also the know where Jay Billis went now. to school. Can we know where mm. Jay Billis That's went also to school? True. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt on this. Well, Cause I think he now, also now had this, this kind is, of, this has been going on for decades and now he pipes up. But I think he also had stuff like this to say when the Caitlin Clark situation happened. But I got to tell you, I think these student athletes could just stand there and let people rush around them. 
Like you don't mm. have to Correct. initiate contact. You don't have to be like, I'm walking in this direction and I don't care what happens. You could make the argument that he stuck a foot out trying to trip some Wake Forest students. Now, there was another Wake Forest student that sort of like shoved him from behind, and that is not acceptable under any circumstances. Right. Got to disavow that. But in that case, neither kid is him tripping and pushing. Out. Right. But this whole thing of like these athletes being like, I'm going to do what I was going to do anyway, and then whatever happens, I become just sort of a victim of it. I don't know that I'm that sympathetic Mm. to them either. It seems like the easiest thing that you could do is just stand there and let every, let the throngs of students go past you and then wade through the crowd, just like you would at a music venue, just like you would in a crowded building, just like any other. Like it seems like these two injuries, these two high profile injuries did not need to happen in any way, but the athletes that were injured chose for them to happen. That's just my take. Also, to be clear, it to your point about waiting, Kyle Filipowski is seven feet tall. Mm-hmm. I don't think security is going to have a problem finding him. Mm-hmm. Like, people can come to you and get you out. Yep. Now, at the same time, you can't be rushing out with time still on the clock. Like, yeah. For sure. It, it does seem like these universities could hold people for all of like five seconds to get the other team at least up to the scorer's table and not on the middle of the court. But yeah. the idea that you have to just remove one of the like few remaining expressions of actual excitement, like excitement and like the core of the game and what makes college basketball college basketball. Yeah. I don't know. To be clear though, you know who doesn't rush the court any longer? Well, Uh, coach K K told us that we were, we were supposed to be above that. So Um, listeners of the podcast might not, not might not know this, this storyline. Plum, do you want to, do you remember this whole thing I don't back when we were this. in school? I don't think so. So when we were in school, we beat uh, a Wisconsin team that we were not meant to beat. And the Izone uh, rushed the court. It's the last time, it's the only time that I can remember that this happened. And there was a debate that week on ESPN. Again, people that want to take joy away from, from everything. The debate was, is MSU too big a program to rush the court. And they asked coach K about this. And coach K said, I would hope that our students would know better than to do something like that. And I was I like, love that. I love that. <laughs> you are just so dead, dead inside. Aren't you? Coach K. An absolute <laughs> Nosferatu. Truly dead inside in the flesh. And then, yeah. but weirdly, weirdly, we need to all, hit up our therapists and deal with the fact that apparently we ingested that. Yeah. And then stopped because coach K said, yep. There's some, there's some trauma there to unpack. Um, we have one other piece that we need to talk about off grand river, a Tennessee federal court, uh, issued a preliminary preliminary injunction this week, uh, preventing the NCAA from enforcing any of its NIL rules 
nationwide or any other bylaw that might allow it to enforce its NIL uh, rules nationwide, effectively allowing college athletes to contract with anybody for anything under any circumstances, which to be very clear, includes the universities themselves. So the universities under this ruling are more than capable of compensating college athletes for their name, image, and likeness. You take this ruling in conjunction with the NLRB rulings as it relates to employment status and union status, we are moving at warp speed in an entirely different direction uh, than the college athletics that we all knew. And I mean, we intimated about the amount of money that the student athletes are currently making uh, earlier in this podcast, but this is about a bigger ruling as you know, could be made. Yeah. This is bigger than the transfer whenever you want ruling. This is, uh, And I say, I think this, this phrase has some stigma and I don't mean it that way per se, but this is about as big of a pay for play, um, endorsement as you could get. Uh, we were talking Greg before we started recording about what this might mean in terms of the distribution of talent Mm-hmm. Uh, does the fact that small schools have billionaire don- donors, does this actually maybe in some ways enable small schools to achieve some small schools to achieve parity? We, we saw St. John's has a billionaire donor that's contributing seven figures to their, their basketball team next year. Right. For the roster. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, and meanwhile, like EA Sports is is releasing their game, and they're like, "We'll give you six hundred bucks and a copy of the game." Like, and that's a big enough brand that people are like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take that." Right? I'll like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. This this feels we're in the game. Uh, by the way, they asked us to do guest commentating just for MSU games. Um, so we've got we've got Plum catchphrases in the game. Plum, what are your what are your NCAA football catchphrases? That you got. Whoa! The dog. <laughs> oh fuck! Right in the ass. I don't know. I, that's just <laughs> unclever. Fuck the dog. This is dereliction of duty, and more yep. to the point. <laughs> <laughs> I am appalled. Uh, I don't. Uh, this is. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, this to me feels different and and one of the things that's a bit of a challenge though is that you know in pro sports there's a, mm-hmm. a limited talent supply right and sure. and anyone who wants to enter pro sports has to agree to abide by the rules of how you get to be in pro sports which is to say you say mm-hmm. i would like to be drafted and then you have to go to the team that drafted you that's the way it works but that's that, not how it works in collegiate athletics. Not at all. There is no draft. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how this in the long run pans out with, because uh, what did you say, Greg, there was someone who was making a comment that like, just 
make them employees and this will uh also Jay Bills. Oh yeah, so Jay's like just this, make him employees. This week's episode could be out. called Boomer Takes with Jay Billis in absentia. But as in you absentia. pointed out, if you make them just employees, that doesn't right. stop the NIL. Right. So whoever right. has the donors who are willing to contribute will still be able to offer more. Yeah. Unless the conditions of your employment prevent you from taking sponsorship agreements. Which I do you think that's the a genie is- that's going to get put back? Inside the bottle, mm-hmm. yeah, squeezed point? right back in there. Doubt. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna for folks who think that people are gonna stop watching, though. I don't know that that's gonna happen to me. It might happen eventually, though. It's the you're playing like out. this. It sure fucking will. It's it's all about the hollowing out of yep. what makes this sport appealing and it's being mortgaged by these universities and these television uh you know contracts and we're getting further and further away from what makes the three of us i think have interest mm-hmm. in watching these games yeah yeah um all right Let's do a quick Purdue preview, and then I have a quick Purdue preview question for the both of you to make this segment oh. mildly more interesting. Great, Boy. because I have almost nothing to make it more interesting. Purdue, Ken Palm, number two, number two on offense, number 21 good on defense. Price. They're a really good team. Zach Eady, this is astonishing. You should, dear listener, this is a chart. Maybe we'll tweet it out afterwards. Some of the efficiency and usage um stats for Zach Eady in his three years, his three relevant years at Purdue, are just unparalleled in Big Ten history. They're crazy. Just how efficient and how highly utilized he is. And uh they're really good and we don't stand a chance. So um go ahead. No. Oh wow. Michael Jones he here on the YouTube it. sharing My screens. God. That's not what I was talking yeah. about, but well that's but the link sharing- you provided <laughs> but sharing some statistics with us. So truly listeners on Apple podcasts and Spotify, go to your YouTube and scrub forward to the, whatever this is, Mark, and look at a chart, <laughs> a chart that we took from the internet. Thank you, Bart. Um, what, uh, what's your trivia Jonesy? It's not trivia. It's a, it's a, uh, a question. Zach Eady. Zach Eady. Best player college basketball um what's msu's answer for him and Mm. so you know you can say Mahdi, probably strongest big we have um and can defend ball screens i heard (laughs) you can defend ball screens uh booker spreads the floor so zach Eady plays a lot of uh, shack coverage like maybe you get him out uh, on the perimeter that could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess there's Carson Cooper, who's a person. Uh, do you have who's an answer person? to this? <laughs> who's alive? I have an answer for this. Carson Cooper, who can't really do anything, to your point, is a person. Could do one thing. He could be purchased round-trip airfare to Oregon. Small little town in Oregon. Where he is going to go to the home of one Jeff 
Galuli. <laughs> I knew where this was going. He, 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 he is going to learn how to wield a tire iron. How to conceal it in his basketball jersey. And what point on the kneecap he is, is that, to... Is that a tire iron or a Fanatics jersey? Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? And where he is to strike said tire iron. And that's it. And then Carson Cooper will have offered something of real value to this program for the first time in his life. Uh, and in a way that could actually uh, portend success for us. It won't, of course, we'll still lose. Because as we've seen, anytime a team's best player is out, even at home, we can still fuck the dog on the game. So yeah, just we'll still lose. The lawyer will go super saiyan on to us. About. Go like 12 for 12 from three. Hundo P. Greg, who you got? Yep. I got Purdue by approximately infinity no, no. points. <laughs> who, who, you on, who you putting on Edie? I've got, um, uh, you know what? Just put Stevie Izzo on him. Yeah. Mm. Test his metal. That's good. It's the That's same really diff as yeah. the kids do say. And they I, do I, say I, it. I believe I'm, I believe I that's, that's what right. they say. I think that's right. Should we hit these Twitter questions, you guys? Yeah. Sure. First up from the Mike Jones with his, wait, what was it? Plum, what did he drop off for you? Some cordials. Box cordials. of cordials. Cordials. <laughs> Box of cordials. Mike Jones has two cordials for us today. The whole listenership. First, had a friend move back into town recently, took him to his second MSU basketball game Tuesday. He's now 0 for 2. His uh. first loss was versus number one Indiana in 2013. Should said friend now just be on the do not ask list? Or do I attempt <laughs> to take him to a shitty non-conference game before banning him? Yeah, give him one shitty non-con. Maybe take him onto an aircraft carrier. Although don't, because mm. we always lose those. So that'll be a for sure yeah. no. Yeah, the problem with that, though, is you're setting up for a real right state situation or yeah. a, a real James uh-huh. Madison situation. Uh-huh. So yeah. I think Mike Jones will uh-huh. write this guy off. Mm-hmm. Next up yep. from Mike Jones to the other Mike Jones. If the three of you were on the floor at the end of the game and the home fans were getting ready to storm the court, why would Plum be the one to attempt to trip someone and have it backfire on him? Oh, so good. I don't Plum, think see that I, I gotta debate the contention of this because I think Plum would have uh called up Jeff and that's had him go through that front row just hitting knees. Yep. Hit Everyone knees. behind would have been bop, 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 bop. delayed as a result of those court. people yeah. crippled over in fear, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, doubled over in in, in pain. Um, yeah, been not good. It would. No, uh, you know what? Yeah, actually, you, I'm not ready to move on from this. Plum, uh, 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 if if we were on the court with Jonesy and, and the opposing team yeah, came on little three, to the court, little three three on three action. Can you imagine how scared we would be losing Michael out there in that in that, in that sea of bodies? That melee. We, it would just be the two scrum. of us. We'd be like, "Where is he? Can you see him?" And you'd be like, "Michael, I can't. I don't see him. I can't find Michael. him." And we'd be like, well, "Michael, answer us." I would be, be lost. on the court. Like all forever. good referees, and you've seen this anytime the basketball game is done. Those short. referees, those those referees run faster than they've run all game off of that court. 
It is, I mean, truly, it's the one reason I could never be a basketball referee. Those guys get off the court, they're like hunched over and sprinting. They are, it, they debase themselves. The yeah. abject Cowards. terror, it is cowardly. They literally embody cowardice to get off that court. I don't know how, it, with straight faces, these guys can operate uh, because they just look uh, absolutely. It should be sort of a leisurely cowboy stroll, sort of crotch out, just like yeah. get off and the court when I like, want to get off the court. <sighs> what do they have to fear? They just call the game where the home team won. They have nothing to fear. What's your Literally. whole thing? But this is game uh, after game. Yucky. Next up, JD. What would you have said in the summer of 2023 if someone told you guys that we'd start the 2024-2025 sports year with new head coaches in both football and basketball? Does JD know something we don't? Because I, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, but I would have said, unlikely, JD. Uh, I would have, yeah, I think JD does express some of the frustration and sentiment of the fan base, though. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, next up, Kate Wall, who says, you already know my question. So, gentlemen, and you already I know ask, our answer. I ask, I ask you, per Kate, who do you think if Mount Rushmore was <sighs> redone today would be on Mount Rushmore? That's what she Malik says. Calls... <laughs> Vapid, useless expression four times. Kate, uh, I don't want to turn you on to another podcast, but uh, Matt Sheehan over at uh, Locked on Spartans did have uh, uh, Robbie Hummel on, who was asked what, what doesn't make sense about MSU. And he said, literally the first thing he said is, I don't understand Malik Hall. Yeah. yeah, that was his That's first it. response. Robbie Hummel. I do plumb want to go back to your point, because if I were an artist and I am not a skilled artist, but I had to chisel someone's visage out of mm-hmm. uh, out of like granite or quartz. Yep. I would be so thankful to have that blank stare of Malik Hall so that I <laughs> really. Like, oh, thank God. Truly. I don't have to do like an actual nothing like human emotion yep. or expression yeah okay i can just it can just yep. be nose eyes mouth okay thank god Whew. i maintain that there's something happening with his family and i think it's probably very sad and i think that he is not playing at his best and i would that actually is very true i mean we do know that that's true actually so thank you for yes. bringing that up and reminding all of us well it's true and i but i still think the responsibility is on him to then step back and withdraw yourself. Do what you need to do to take care of your family and yourself. You're doing yourself and this team no favors. How dare you? Next up, Munfield Keg. People have fought back against the Izzo D'Antonio keeping your friends around and not changing comparisons, uh, but it feels eerily similar with every game. Would things have ended differently if D'Antonio had replaced Warner? Are we reaching that time now with Izzo and his offense? Hmm. kind of already discussed this i think is own or d'antonio needed to replace more than just warner um bowman i think there's a lot more to be done there um but i think tom Izzo, uh, and we've said this on the podcast before i think tom Izzo thinks he'd be losing a lot and he'd be giving up a lot by bringing in outsiders because he's 
he's just so stuck in his ways. And I think he'd be surprised how much it could liberate him and open things up actually for him in the long run. But he's unwilling to do it. Tom needs a therapist. Uh, next up, Elon Bloom. Did Dwayne Stevens's departure lead to the current big man problem? No. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Has Tom ever, I don't know. I, I think Dwayne Stevens could talk to Tom. I think Tom was a little intimidated probably by Dwayne in some ways. And I think that's a good thing. If, as, as far as Tom is intimidated by anybody, you would see Dwayne. Dwayne was able to talk to Tom in a way that his assistants clearly cannot now. I don't know if that's a big man issue as much as Dwayne was at least respected. Maybe intimidated is wrong word. I think he was respected by Tom. I don't think Tom respects the guys that he's got around him. Fuck, Tom doesn't respect himself right now, nor should he. Uh, But his departure certainly has hastened the issue. But the main issue is Tom. This is the issue. Is it weird, while we're on the topic, that he's got all these retreads who are failures, and then the people, though, before... This isn't a comment on where the program is, but is it weird? The people before were all people who had trouble getting jobs. Hmm. Dwayne Stevens didn't get a job forever. Well, Uh, he also turned down a few is my understanding. Sure. But, uh, and then um, who's the, why can't I remember the, the blonde dude who Googled or who'd routinely search his name on Twitter. Uh, sometimes comments Dane on games. Fife? Yeah, Dane. Dane. Dane Fife, yeah. Left for Indiana. Ill-advised. For a, a lateral role, like, I don't know. Uh, and that, that staff was together forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Uh, Elon Bloom, I would also point out, I think Xavier Tillman <laughs> does a lot of sanding over the rough edges of the bigs in MSU history i think we we all remember xavier tillman so fondly that we sort of have rosy color glasses for everything else next up from beth amaro is it possible either jay johnson scotty scotty hazelton or ross ells kidnapped tom izzo and is calling the shots for these games in disguise should someone do a welfare check at the izzo home or is it even worse and maybe we need an exorcism maybe things aren't what they seem bump yeah, that's right. I think Beth's on to something here. There is something, something's happened. Uh, and, you know, Beth, we don't talk a lot about this on the pod. We should more. This podcast, we we are pretty firm adherents of the lizard person theory. And mm. I think it's fair for us, I think, to out ourselves now and say we're fairly convinced that Tom Izzo has been, uh, his corpulence has been uh, liquefied and and consumed by lizard people and they have now dressed up in his skin and lizard people don't know anything about basketball Mm-mm. that's the first mm. thing you learn uh when you're indoctrinated into the lizard lizard that's person. the first thing everyone knows about lizard people yeah. <laughs> they can't play bass they're okay at football but bass just they don't understand it absorbs the surveyor right yeah that's exactly right uh anyway yeah good good point beth thanks and uh by the way we'll talk to you later on 4chan in the discussion section <laughs> Other thing. Next up, Sparks Levante <laughs> asks: Years ago at Big Ten tourney at a, at a Big Ten tourney prep, pep rally Q and A session with Tom Izzo, someone asked, "Quote, Hey, Coach, why does Bo Ryan suck so much?" The question was met with some awkward muffled laughter from the crowd and a stunned silence from Izzo. 
If you were tasked with trying to create that reaction, what question would you ask? Rooch. Hey, coach. Why does Madi Sissoko suck so much? I mean, that'd be I mean, that's, point. yeah. Or, or what about like, hey, coach, why does 2024 Time Izzo suck so much? Or, you know, or. Maybe, Tom, have you ever noticed a bigger difference between the quality of person and the quality of basketball play with, than with Madi Sissoko? Or, hey, coach, why, why didn't fan Fran McCaffrey get even a little bit upset in East Lansing last week? Hey, coach. That was concerning. Why do you hate us? <laughs> Things like that. Hey, coach, do you still want to coach? Do you need cataract surgery? <laughs> um, interesting thing about this, uh, about his unwillingness to say anything mean about Bo Ryan. Uh, back when we were in the zone, he didn't mince words about Coach K. <laughs> it's true. But he hated Bo Ryan. Yeah, that's also hated true. I do Bo remember Ryan. that too. Yeah. Next up from Carl, you do too much, bro. Would Fran be an arguable upgrade? Ooh, Whoa. despite the fact that he's perpetually some sort of viney chode <laughs> that's been hedged in purple, <laughs> he can offer other rational lineups based on data, and his bigs can generally catch and score. Anyway, gonna drink myself to death. Happy Sunday, fellas. Cheers, I Carl. I gotta say to Carl, Carl is, an, is a wordsmith. Carl yes. is a paint fucking a yes. wordsmith, and I'm and I gotta say, I am impressed, and I got <laughs> into U of M. Dark purple, <laughs> edged to dark fucking purple. But he was on there today too, and I on Twitter, and I can't remember what the tweet was. I'm not even gonna get the context, but it was impressive, and I almost sent it to you both, and I should have. Anyway, well, that's there, all was a, uh, there was a there was a. Tweet that uh, got pulled out uh, by our, our, our Twitter account that I'm surprised you didn't respond to. I uh, don't because remember. someone insisted that they uh, that no one who's it was accepted that's ex accepted. Oh, I did see that. I did see that. Yes, to both schools would ever choose, and I thought you know who would tell you first. First, you heard it here first. Well, first he would tell schools. you about the well, about the honors. Actually, college. that's first. I lived on the honors floor. Yeah, uh, thirty north. Yeah. Uh, good job. Good job, me. Next up, Nate C. Does Izzo get tired of us and quit after the season? Maybe just go play golf with Saban someplace warm. I don't. Izzo's going on I think TV. If he ever and, quit, he would be going on TV. Yeah, that's also, probably right. I think he's still too in love with fears. <clears throat> to see, yeah. Uh, next question from Nate C. Do you think they should accept the uh, NIT invitation or just set out the postseason? What do you want them to do? I can't even think about this right now. I mm, understand I where Nate C is coming from. I think it's a great no, question. No. Um, yeah. I want them to accept it. I want them to sit in it. I want them to yeah. like, it's like a, you know, plum. It's like yally peas on the carpet. You got to put her yep. snout in it before you right make in. her guzzle bleach. You know, they deserve it. Uh, and finally, from Nate C, what do you think is worse? Having each hair on your asshole plucked <laughs> out by one while you hold in the runs or this MSU basketball team? 
Hold on, you're going to read that again. Having each hair on your asshole plucked out one by one while you try to hold in the runs. That's really rich. That's another one. (laughs) Carl, you do too much row. I found your burner. Yeah, (laughs) challenge accepted here. Uh, That sounds pretty horrible. And it it is MSU basketball is worse. For sure, watching these games is worse. Next up, Kurt Wisniewski. Over under, how many fireball shots pre-game will it take to watch another MSU basketball game? Well, Kurt, Flying Ace, Cinnamon Whiskey. It's better. There it Mm. is. Good plug. Good plug. I got mine. I got mine in the mail. Advertisers. We could do some live reads if you came our way. FYI. Mm-hmm. Next up from Kurt. MSU coach, make your mouth like a donut moment. Not playing Booker the last 15 minutes due to defense? Question mark. Uh, also, Kurt, uh, two and a half is my over-under on fireball shots. Um what is I don't know do MSU coach make your mouth like a donut moment? What does it mean? Ooh. It's like Oh, okay. Noted. All right. Yeah. Noted. Um the thing is, Kurt, I mean, uh-huh. we, we elicit everything. Here's, here's the thing though, is that like due to defense? Yeah. He, his defense. I can't watch them actively lose at the end of the game because Mati Sissoko is in there and anyone tell me that his defense mm-hmm. is the reason that things were okay. I like also what did what did what did Booker what did Booker log here? You have to understand, Jonesy, that there's such a thing as a extra loss, a double loss, a double loss. Mm, double loss. Oh, Mm-hmm. It's like a you hockey system. You can get two points for. Uh, I see. We 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 got one point. We clearly got one point in this game. Yep. You always forget about the double loss. You do. Double. You do. Mm-hmm. Um. Next up from know, the Jer Bear. Can we force a head coach to read Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> you know he has a burner, right? He's got to have a burner. I think he's aware of what what is said of what's going on out there. Yeah. I think I think he is too proud to not be aware of it, to, to have at least a finger on the pulse. Uh, next up from Jay Bear Plum, more disappointing than Malik Hall apology request or AJ Hogard uh, Koozie Award Koozie. Revenge. Koozie Award that's Revenge the, Tour. That's the notes uh, tweet after he was not on the preseason list. Mm. Oh yeah, mm. nothing more, nothing more cringe than AJ Hogard thinking he deserves anything in life other than a, a Jeff Galuli special. I, um, I don't know, man. I really don't know. This is a tough one because there's a lot of people who are out there. I mean, I guess, I we guess what Kate. I would say about oh, we, oh no, no, we we love Kate, Kate, Kate. Of course, of we course, love you, Kate. Of course. Shoot, but but other than Kate. Uh, there's a lot. Of, I, what, I'll about this, what I'll say about Malik Hall is, I think he's probably generally a very good dude, and I, I think one can understand the the desire to speak hope. I mean, I think that's what people are doing. Apologize to Malik Hall because if we speak enough hope and positive energy into the universe, 
it will surround Malik in this trying times that he has, and he'll achieve his greatness that awaits him. And it, if AJ and Tyson were different, if AJ and Tyson were different, we don't need Malik to be more than what he currently is. Well, it's true. But frankly, um, AJ's, I don't think, a likable guy. And I right. think that's the difference for me. And and he told you he wasn't likable with the sort of like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm taking notes. Like, uh, why? They, they already had the proof, and you're just living into it. Yep. So, what a goomba. <laughs> Bye-bye. I think it was the koozie uh, board that was taking notes the whole time, as it turned out. Yeah, turns out. Next up, Raymond Chains. When newlywed listener guest Alex Plum is absent from the show, should we assume he has a groin injury? Oh, mm. wow. Yeah, Eyebrows. go ahead and assume that. Eyebrow move up and down. Mm. Go ahead and assume that, Raymond. Go ahead and just... Uh... And while you're assuming it, could you send that tweet to my husband? <laughs> <laughs> Next up from Raymond Chains, do NIL deals benefit assistants and lesser-known staff at all? No. Do any of them deserve it, Raymond, even if it did? Yeah, truly, that's the Wait, question. Uh, question, Kevin. Yeah. Who deserves it more? Wojcik? Mani mm. Sissoko. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, belief. Mm. Take notes. This is a real <laughs> Sophie's choice. Yeah, my god oh my god <laughs> just right. burn that money i don't even want to give Monty the satisfaction of donating it that's how upset with him i am right now so sorry buddy your village deserves okay i can't even finish it i can't even say it all about it. i can't even say it all wasn't capable of saying the remainder of that i couldn't say it all about this is truly ages take that money and light it on fire fire. in front of them yeah just be like next up look at this you did this look what you did yep rub Rub their their face in it in the fire (laughs) and then have them drink bleach next up next up from raymond chains uh should money Sissoko enter the portal and transfer to transfer to ferris state where he will average eight points and five rebounds per game (laughs) Money will get an NIL deal from the local sports bar, entitling him to a sweatshirt and weekly burger with tots. Mm. Do you do you think Mati Sissoko would have benefited in some ways from actually starting? Maybe he doesn't finish there, but starting at a lower level. Mm. Could be. We'll never know. Like if he'd gone to the Mac. I, like maybe he works his fundamentals a little bit better. Madi's had opportunities his entire career. Like truly, it, it, it's sure. not for lack of opportunity. So I don't. I don't think. I think this is the Madi Sissoko that you were going to get one way or another. One way or another is right. Yeah. I think this Next is proof for- that like Tom cannot recruit to the five. Don't don't try to recruit out of high school. To the five. You you need to pull your fives directly out of the transfer portal where they've been able to get some development from some actual center coach somewhere. It's not going to be you. You just got to figure out how to slot them into your rotation. And how we're the ones telling you that is truly fucking just God help us. My God. Next up from Andy. Uh, why do we do this to ourselves? Yeah, that's the other question. I think question. this is the question um, 
but it's because we love our school. Yeah. Do and I mean, hate ourselves. Is that a question? We do this. Uh, we do what you do, and then we choose to come relive it later on. Together. And then you choose to come relive it with us. It's yeah, really it's not wild. healthy. None of this is healthy. None of what we're doing is healthy. Well, we should probably. But if you could reflect. smash that subscribe button, yeah, smash the subscribe button. Yeah, the mm. most important thing, Andy, in all of this is that we don't learn any lessons. We don't improve. We don't do better. Yeah. Let's let's let this thing just keep on rolling. Mm. Next up from the search, are you guys ready for a second season of me, Plum? Do you think you get invited to this one? I wonder if I'll get invited to this one. What are we searching for? Is it a replacement to Tom Izzo? Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the implication, implication here. Ah, I'm very, very dense. Very dense. <laughs> not, not whatever the opposite of dense is. Not that. Yeah. Quick on the uptake. What? What nope. is the up? Uh, what is the? opposite of yeah, we're talking about like, in terms of like matter density getting mm, it truly yeah. what is Ga- well density gas? is just a measure Ga- gaseous that's a Ga- gaseousness gaseous? that's a i think is that's a, a physical diffuse change. diffuseness right, listeners, diffusity? Uh, listeners watchers if you can put in the comments what the opposite of density is yeah uh, that'd be good that would be great it'd be great for metrics too uh, anyway, mm-hmm. next up from Adam Delay, what are the big uh, the hockey Big Ten winning scenarios? I'm too lazy to figure it out for myself. Well, we Kevin win. Drake. I think that's one. Yeah, uh, sparseness apparently is the opposite of density. We don't use for comments. They already commented. They already commented. We already got the. We already got Spar- the interactions. Sp- dense and sparse. Interesting. Uh, so sorry um, Adam Delay Big Ten Hockey winning scenarios just go win just go win take just it just gotta win, win take it all. we split gotta split. win them all it's good you just, I lost the tie. You... just lost in the tie do it for us uh, no, no gotta win. I don't think that does it no gotta win so gotta win go win go, go, go win. Win. Win, win, win next up Pepe Plum the man that hit his I hate this the man that had his testicles removed and kept it in his ex-boyfriend's fridge was from Pontiac. I lived there shortly, and so did 3 and 10 Olivet coach Ernest Watson. <laughs> Dr. Kevorkian was alive to watch, even though he went to Pontiac Central. That's history in a nutshell. Now you know. Did you all live in the same house? <clears throat> yeah, I got big are, questions. Are you one of these people? This is a Beppe. You know we love you, but this is this is Mamapaleaf level. It's, it's among your worst work. Yeah, it's among. <laughs> uh, next up, next Beppe, up, rant of the week: parking <laughs> employees. Taking up all the close spots, then people dining in, park in the pickup spots. So I have to park at Chipotle just to get my pickup, which makes people that want mediocre burritos park at the urgent care, which makes people with a rash on their elbow die. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) But then he redeems himself, you know? Should have just done the one question, Beppe. 
Yeah, just choose the rant I, next time. I love the visual of people with rashes on their elbows just expiring in the parking lot. <laughs> just sort of just like trying to, trying to claw their way try. towards the urgent care, but they don't make it. There's just a pile of them. Yeah. <laughs> people like with their burritos stepping over them as they get into their waiting. And they're like, mm, electrically mediocre burrito. Mm, mm. Let's go. That's it. Next up, Mamopoli, interviewed by Doug Trabu T. No, Doug that's Trabu. just Canadian. Doug T on Michigan Radio. John e. J.U. Bacon said that MSU Ooh. is a good team, but not a great team, and is missing intensity, but makes the tournament for number 26. He's just trying to curse us. He also said that Caitlin Clark has an uncommon intensity. So would having her on the team solve all of Izzo's problems? I'm going to vote yes on this, actually. Caitlin Clark has more of the dog in her than anybody on this team does. Sure. Yeah. Oh, there's I don't think that's a very high standard. I think there's like approximately half the human population has more dog in it than anyone on this team. But she's an elite competitor. Well, of course she is. She would be transformative for any program, though, including Purdue. I mean, my God. Like, so it's not, I mean, yeah, uh uh-huh. But yeah, I would take Caitlin Clark on this team, for sure. Over any player. If you're like, but you have to get rid of Tyson Walker. Fine. Bye. Also, my God, this commentary is is what it takes to get you on Michigan radio. Come on. Is she taller John U. Bacon... John U. Bacon is on uh, Detroit, uh, Michigan Public Radio. Now it's called, Susan, it's not called Michigan Radio anymore. It's called That's Michigan right. Public. They changed yep. the name. Susan, come on. Yep. Also, she's anyway, the same height as, as Tyson Walker. Un- Take her. Untrue, probably. But uh, um, no, well, because, you know, Tyson's Walker's height is inflated on those things. And hers that's probably, my, if that's anything. That's my point. Ah. All right. Well done. You. Like, I mean, would Tom is listed allow, at six foot. He's listed at six foot. Would yeah. Tom is so allow the taller. Caitlin Clark signature logo threes or would he be like, you're not doing that. That's not but happening. She, but you know what she would say? She'd poke him in the eye. She'd be like, well, fuck you, asshole. And then she'd do whatever the hell she wanted. So and then he'd be like, actually, I'm benching you because you can't defend ball screens. Shit. That's also I true. hate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's nice. Like, All right. I, the, last uh, up from Momopoly. <laughs> does Caitlin Clark break Lynette Woodard's 3,649 and Pete Maravich's 3,667 point records? And if so, when and what does the venue do to recognize the accomplishment in real time? And how long is too long of a celebration during a game? Guessing it won't be long enough. Go, Caitlin. Wow. Real Caitlin Stan over here from Mamopoly all of a sudden. Did Mamopoly just I, find out who Caitlin Clark is like this week? Feels like maybe it, she's going to find out about Beyonce and it's going to blow her mind. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I think it's fair to like. Caitlin Clark is incredible. She's wonderful for the game of basketball. Yes. She's wonderful for the for women's basketball in particular, but also wonderful for the game of basketball at large. Uh, it's also fair to say that what Pete Maravich did, and yeah. I don't know, I'll candidly say, I do not know enough about Lynette Woodward. So I can't comment at all. 
But what Pete Maravich did was in a time that didn't have a shot clock, didn't have a three-point line. And freshmen couldn't play, as I recall. Yes. What Pete Maravich did was singular. That's not to take away from Caitlin Clark at all. But breaking the records, Pete did something that has an asterisk on his own accomplishment. By the, by the nature of the time and space that he did it in. That's but right. Lynette, who cares? And um, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about what Lynette did. But <laughs> yeah. Caitlin Clark is singular in her own time. She is. Like, and she'll be remembered for that. I don't think we always have to. Sometimes these record things, they, they cloud the, the just a moment. Let's just be happy to have seen Caitlin Clark play mm-hmm. in the way that we have. It's just been incredible. It stands on its own. She's record so or much fun to watch. She's a tr- and, and she's just so good. And, so and is a is so consistent is an affirmation that if you if you broadcast this stuff, mm-hmm. people become fans. I'm a except for when they keep playing that goddamn repeat of her with the logo three against Michigan State. I'm a fan yeah. of Caitlin Clark. Indeed. And and people watch because you broadcast it. And a direct answer to this question, officials timeout. You do an officials timeout. You, you have it. a moment. You do the whole thing. Back to the game. That's right. <laughs> but maybe you get Chris Holtman there to complain about Cassius Winston kissing the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, that's why he got gone. fired. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's why he got fired. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last up, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Uh, how will you deal with March sadness? This is a departure from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy who's normally even keeled. I think he knows. Do, do you have that uh, flying ace there? Jonesy, do you want to do another plug on Flying Ace? Flying Ace for March Sadness. Cinnamon whiskey, the That I planned on taking <gasps> off the two days, the Thursday, Friday. Oh. Oops. I already talked guy. to my boss about it. Oops. Well, go ahead. Try to go unring that bell if you can. Uh, Did you knock on wood, Michael, as you yeah, were Yeah, Michael. Go touch grass. I figured if I just said Thursday, Friday, I'm going to watch all the games. Sure, sure. All the games. Yeah. Uh, uh, next up from Upper Deck Jerk Guy, Kevin Grook. What do you think of Aiken's last couple of games? <laughs> Doo doo, caca. Caca. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Six and four. <laughs> Six and four. Nice. Good He's gotten him. away from those spot up threes. And I, you know, maybe it's defenses are moving him around more. Maybe we're stupidly expecting more from him, but those spot up threes were lethal. He was catching the ball in the pocket, just raining those things. And I don't think I've seen him take one in the last like three games now. So great. Oh, and the rebounds really suck. good. And he's shooting uh, like O for O from, or O for 20 from the fucking two point land. Yep. And finally, you guys, from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, have you ever thought about just disappearing? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Should we end the episode with a play out on How to Disappear Completely by Radiohead? Mm. Wow. We start with Father Roche and end with Das. Yeah, I'm uh, going to ditch the graphics this week, and I'm just going to do Papa Roach. We also had an opportunity in here for Sif John Stevens of some kind. I don't remember what it was, but I was thinking about making a Sif John reference. Oh, Sufjan? Um, Sufjan? 
Saturday. 